Hi, I'm Will McHenry, the Program Associate at Ponars Eurasia, and with us today is Suzanne Wengley, an assistant professor in the political science department at the University of Notre Dame, who is the author of Post-Soviet Power, State-Led Development in Russia's Marketization, published by the Cambridge University Press. She's also working on, on a new research project on agriculture in Russia. Suzanne, welcome. Thank you for joining us for this Ponars podcast. What Hi, should, Will. Great. Um, sorry, what should we know about the Russian agriculture sector? Yeah, there's a lot to know and uh, learn about. Uh, so, and it's hard to sort of single out a few things, but I, I think um, what a lot of people are not aware of and what's pretty interesting is that there's been a lot of money flowing to the Russian countryside. So a lot of capital investment and a lot of uh modernization of um, all kinds of agricultural technology so harvesters uh, you know all the way to food production and uh, you know seed technology and all kinds of things so the the capital inflows made a bunch of things uh, happen uh, that then changed uh, how food was produced in in Russia and just to name a couple of things that happened is that a lot, Russia started producing a lot more domestically, uh, you know, in, in especially in the more fertile parts of the country in the south uh, and uh, other fertile regions, uh, productivity and yields have gone up a lot, uh, especially in uh, a number of commodities and also in the uh, livestock sector. So Russia now produces a lot more chicken and hogs uh, and does so with uh, fewer, uh, you know, uh, capital. Uh, sorry, with with better. It's better productivity. So what in livestock that's called yield uh, feed conversion ratio. So, uh, you know, this just means that um, uh, Russian food production sort of starts approximating Western industrial farming for better or worse. Um, so those are a few of the trends, and there's many more. Great. So where does the capital come from? Um, so that is also a good question. So it actually comes from many different places. A lot of it is Russian domestic uh, investment. So there's uh, oligarchs that are, who are encouraged and, uh, to buy land and become active in this sector. So. Uh, you know, a lot of the Russian oligarchic conglomerates started agricultural sectors. So, you know, Basel has an agricultural arm and so does Gazprom and so does um, uh, do a lot of other uh, energy companies, which is quite interesting because they sh certainly wouldn't have been interested in rural Russia in the 90s because in the 90s it was sort of uh, the, uh, you know, it epitomized Russia's backwardness uh, and, you know, oligarchs wouldn't have touched land, right? But yeah. they're uh, part of this trend in Russian agriculture uh, is part of a wider global trend where, where when prices for agricultural commodities rose in the 2000s, capital investors became interested in fertile land and Russia has a lot of fertile land that's pretty well connected uh, to port infrastructure. Um, so the, the capital comes from Russian oligarchs. It also comes from places like Cyprus where it's likely repatriated uh, capital uh, where Russian oligarchs bring their money back to Russia for all kinds of reasons. And then there's a lot of foreign investors. There's uh, interesting 
interestingly, a lot of sovereign wealth funds from the Middle East and uh, uh, China, for example, have invested in Russia. And there's a Norwegian uh, researcher, his last name is Visser, who has done a lot of research on this. Um, so um, he would have more to say, but um, other investors are just, you know, Western capital, uh, Western uh, pension funds. So the money really comes from lots of different places. Fascinating. Finally, um, have the Russian sanctions against, against Western agricultural producers mattered? Yeah, the sanctions. A lot of people are interested in the sanctions because they're quite peculiar, right? So the U.S. sanctioned uh, in the sort of capital flows and the of and the cap, the the foreign holdings of an important of important elites, and in return, uh, Russia sanctions Western agricultural producers. So it was sort of a surprising move for some people. But on the other hand, it's actually sort of a continuation of a number of policies where Russia has tried to protect Russian producers. So the Western sanctions kind of follow that uh, tradition of trying to protect Russian producers in order to boost domestic uh, production. And it has uh, definitely had that uh, effect ever together, not not only the sanctions, but together with a lot of other policy measures, Russian uh, producers have produced more and have been able to um, invest. Um, so the, the sanctions matter in that way. They've also sort of created bottlenecks in Russian food produ production in, in other ways. And uh, lastly, they've also sort of generally led to a reorientation of trade where now um, beef comes from Brazil and not the US. So the sanctions matter. Uh, and they, they not surprisingly, they've been extended a number of times. So they initially, uh, uh, were uh, set, I think, for three years, and they're now con continuing, which is not surprising given the political uh, conditions, but I think it's also partly due to uh, internal Russian political dynamics. Great. Uh, Suzanne, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you, Will.